Hi, good morning, everyone. Aloha, thank you for joining us in worship this morning. I know that you could have done a lot of other things on Sunday morning, but thank you for choosing to worship the Lord, joining us in word and prayer. Hey, I wanna start off by giving the congregation an update on the Oahu Free Will Offering. Many of you know uh, that our congregational goal uh, was $70,000. I am happy to report that as a congregation, we have collected $89,080 to this point. So give yourself a high five, give God a high five uh, for letting us uh, donate uh, to our Wahoo Free Will Offering. And that also includes our Give Aloha. So great job, brothers and sisters, going to Foodland, Second Save, to be able to donate. And, and, and Foodland was able to match a portion of our donations in the month of September. I'm so thankful for all of you who donated to the Oahu Free Will Offering, uh, knowing that uh, you are meeting the needs for the Philippines, for Myanmar, for Hope Worldwide, for Disciples Today, and uh, excitingly to help start a campus ministry at UH Hilo starting next year. So a big mahalo to all of you for having generous hearts. You know, at this time, I wanted us to view a video that was prepared by the leadership there in the Philippine churches. Just a thank you to the donating churches that have given to missions contribution and all these mission points. We'll see the impact that our donations are making. Let's enjoy. Greetings from the Philippines. In behalf of the Philippine family of churches, and Myanmar Christian Churches, we would like to thank you for your generosity, sacrifice, and love through your special missions contribution. Your continued support for the Asia-Pacific Missions Foundation will help us strengthen our churches through bridging and building fund, see new church plantings, and being able to put full-time people in the ministry. Here's an update of what's been happening in the Philippine family of churches. The year 2020 has been a challenging year for ICOC Philippines. Our country has been severely hit by never-ending disasters since the start of the year. From the eruption of Taal Volcano, the multiple earthquakes, the current pandemic, and the recent super typhoons that wreaked havoc in many parts of the country, affecting a lot of our brothers and sisters in different regions. Amidst these challenges, by God's grace, the resilience of disciples and indomitable spirit known to Filipinos were displayed to great lengths resulting to 500 persons virtually studying the Bible with 243 baptisms and 43 restorations as of November 2020. God has indeed opened the hearts of people to seek the truth and experience faith come alive through the lives of those who were transformed by His Word, despite the prevailing crisis. With the wisdom, love, guidance, and leadership of the Philippine Leadership Council, or PLC, composed of elders, teachers, evangelists, and women's ministry leaders, facing and overcoming these trials and hardships together have become a joy and a united effort. Ariel and Susan Lastrado represent the group of evangelists and women's ministry leaders of ICOC Philippines, which also includes Coco and Farida Enrile, 
Ronald and Menchi Mendrez, and Mon and Joe Calibuso. Bobby and Susan Montealegre, along with Viano and Bethany Faborada, represent the eldership, while Roland Monje oversees the teaching ministries, together with his wife Weng, along with Romel and Faye Cassis. Meanwhile, Bong and Tess Aquino represent the Philippine Mission Society. In the Asia-Pacific region, Che Maramara is the Director of Administration, while Danny and Gurley Cabadsan serve as Regional Family Chair. We have the geographic church leaders from South Luzon and North Luzon, as well as the Mindanao churches, expressing their gratitude to all of you. Again, thank you very much. Maraming maraming salamat po. Brothers and sisters, uh, we are really in awe of how much God has been using you uh, as His uh, instruments in pouring out His grace and love uh, to the ministry here in the Philippines. Thank you so much for not withholding your love. May God continue to bless you and your families and your ministries. Thank you and we love you. We are so grateful as well for your love for all the disciples here. We are also thankful for all of you for your sacrifices in providing for financial support to meet our goals and make our plans a reality. We are honored that we can be partners with you in fulfilling God's dream in this part of the world. We, we love, love you and thank you. We would like to say thank you for our partnership that God has used to build His church here in the Philippines. We are grateful for all the support you have given us through the years. We pray that our partnership will continue to grow and be used by our God to glorify His name and to see more souls saved. Our joy and gratitude know no bounds when we think about your love and generosity. Thank you for helping out the churches in the Philippines and in the Asia-Pacific region. Well, brothers and sisters, wasn't that inspirational what God is doing there in the Philippines, even in the midst of pandemic and what's happening with COVID-19 really throughout the world? God continues to move uh, nothing is in his way for his will to be done. But I'm thankful that God gives us the supplies to be able to meet the needs monetarily uh, to be able to give to the work and the mission points that we're giving to. And the currency of the world is turning into eternal investments. And that the best, that's the best return of capital that any one of us could absolutely desire. God supplies us our needs so that we can continue giving and more souls are being influenced and coming to the Lord, and that's fantastic. Let's have a word of prayer here before we dive into our lesson this morning. Father, thank you for our time to be able to worship you, and we pray that you still our hearts and our minds, but not to the point that we're, we're inspired, we're stirred uh, to think about you, uh, to worship you. Uh, but you know every one of our needs, and Father, as we're closing in the end of 2020, um, Father, help us to be able to reflect, but help us to be excited about the, the life that you have before us. So please be with us 
as we study your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Wow, it's already December. Amazing Christmas is just a few weeks away. Uh, and as we approach the time that we think about the birth of Jesus Christ, I want to talk about a topic that we should talk about more. And that topic is the topic of heaven. Heaven. What a wonderful topic to think about. You know, I, I think about how uh, there have been so many movies regarding the theme of heaven. I remember one movie called uh, Ghost, and it was back in 1990. It starred Patrick Swayze and Debbie Moore, and it was actually a little bit scary for that generation uh, because it had the theme of heaven and hell, and if, yeah, bad souls would go to hell, but the good ones would go to heaven. I remember another movie with Jim Carrey in it, 2003, I believe, Bruce Almighty. Jim Carrey was a somewhat of an atheist, really wasn't a believer in God, and yet uh, God, played by Morgan Freeman, switched places with him and gave Jim Carrey all the responsibilities of what God does during his day. And he was overwhelmed to see how much God had done. And at the end of it, he was a believer of it. But uh, another heavenly theme. I remember in 2014, there was a movie called Heaven is for Real, and it was based on a true story of this uh, young girl who had this near-death experience. And she was able to see and meet Jesus and actually paint a picture of him. And uh, very controversial, but the, the thought of having someone be able to see Jesus, see what he's like, and actually draw an image of him was very intriguing. And then some of my favorites over, 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 the, over the years when it comes to heaven theme is in uh, 1985, a Ron Howard production, a movie called Cocoon. If you've never heard of it, some of you haven't even been born, you gotta go look it up, maybe it's on Netflix, but it has spiritual undertones, certainly throughout that movie. And another one of our favorites is uh, The Shack that came out a few years ago. Uh, lots of great heavenly themes. It just gets us to think about the afterlife and what happens to our life after we pass and leave this earth. But unfortunately, this topic of, of heaven could be misunderstood by a lot of people. And the Bible tells us that as followers of Jesus Christ, we're gonna spend eternity in heaven. So don't you think it's important that you and I uh, gather as much knowledge and information about heaven and, and even how to get there Yes, I would think so, because that's where we're going to go one day. It reminds me of a story of a Sunday school class. It was a fifth grade class, and all the kids were together and convening. And the teacher was teaching them about the gospel and salvation. And at this moment, she was actually quizzing these students. And she said to them, Hey, if I sold everything I owned and gave the money to the church, would that get me to heaven? And the whole class of fifth graders said, no, that wouldn't get you to heaven. Well, the teacher continued and she said, if I cleaned my house every day, mowed the lawn, planted flowers, made my home beautiful, would that get me to heaven? 
And then the whole class again said, no, that wouldn't get you to heaven. Well, if I were kind to animals and polite to my friends and I loved my family, would that get me to heaven? Once again, there was a resounding no. Well, the teacher said, then how can I get to heaven? And a little boy who was new to the Sunday school that week shouted out the answer from the back. You have to be dead. Sad but true. You got to be dead if you're going to get to heaven. Unless Jesus comes back while we're alive and takes us, we're actually going to have to die in order to go to heaven. Now, here, here's some good news. The fact that you are watching today means you still have a chance to get to heaven. You still have a chance because we haven't died. But here's the thing. You and I have to be able to decide about God while we're living because once we die and we're gone, there's no changing places. And so it's super important for you and me to be able to think about heaven. I want to talk about heaven today. Let's talk about heaven. Let's talk about where God wants us to go. Here's some interesting facts and thoughts about heaven. I mean, did you know that the variations of the word heaven uh, shows up in the Bible more than 700 times? And if you took the meaning from the Old Testament and the New Testament, the word means uh, lofty high up, lifted up, which makes a lot of sense. You know, when we think about heaven, we, we think about it's up. It's in that direction of being up. Now, did you also know that biblically there are three heavens? And you might be saying, wait a minute, I, I just, I'm having trouble just with one. And you're saying that there are, there are three well, there's an interesting passage that the Apostle Paul gives us in his second letter to the Corinthians, and it's found in chapter 12. And he gives us a clue when it comes to this whole topic of heaven. And it reads in chapter 12, starting in verse 2, he says, I know a man in Christ, and he's, he's actually referring to himself. He knows a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to, and get this, the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know, God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I don't know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. So apparently the apostle Paul got a sneak peek into this third heaven. He got a little premature opportunity to actually visit and see it. Now, if there's such a place as a third heaven, then there must be more than perhaps one. There has to be at least three, as the Bible indicates. Now, I'm not going to go into a a deep dive here about the first heaven or the second heaven because I really want to focus on this third heaven today. I want to talk about this and, and help us with it. But ancient Jews, when it came to the first and second 
I'll say realms of heaven. Uh, thought of three heavens in, in the simplest form, uh, it would be uh, number one, the, the sky or the atmospheric heaven. This is like the, the blanket of air that surrounds our earth and this is where like the birds and the clouds reside. That would be known as one realm of heaven. Another realm of heaven, the second realm, could be the outer space or the celestial heaven as some refer to it. And this is where the sun and the moon and the stars and the galaxies that are outside of ours would reside. But then there's this third heaven that the Bible is talking about, and this is that spiritual heaven. This, this is where God resides. This is where we want to go, is this third heaven where God is, and, 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 and this is the, the, the heaven that Paul is talking about. So for the rest of this lesson, I wanna focus on this part of heaven of what the Bible refers to. We're told in several passages that God is in heaven. Look at Matthew 6, 9 through 10. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is teaching us to pray and acknowledge the fact that God is in heaven. This third heaven, in the heaven that we perhaps naturally think of. In Matthew chapter five, verse 16, Jesus says, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. The context of that passage, we're, we're called to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world, uh, in order for others to see the good works that are produced because of that, and people will praise God who is in heaven. Psalm 11, verse four says, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes the son of men, his eyes examine them. So where is God observing men and uh, uh, uh his eyes examining men from his heavenly throne, which is in heaven. The special place. So God is not in the sky. God is not in outer space. God resides in this third heaven, this heaven of heavens. This is where God dwells. And this is where you and I should be aspiring to go one day. And that's where God wants us to go, is this heaven of heavens. And that's where we will be with Jesus Christ. So knowing that, I think it's important for us to, let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what heaven's gonna be like and how do we get there? How do we make sure that we're gonna get there? There's this passage in John chapter 14 and let me set it up a little bit here. This is the time where Jesus is with his apostles in the upper room, and Jesus is preparing them to what's coming next in his life. Because soon what's gonna happen is that Jesus is going to die for his convictions. He's going to uh, be buried, and then he's going to be resurrected from the dead 
And then he tells his disciples that he's going to go away for a little while, but then he's going to come back and he's going to actually bring them back with him to be where he is. And at this point, the disciples are they're filled with a lot of anxiety. They're filled with a lot of um, sorrow. They're filled with a lot of trouble. Their hearts are troubled. They don't understand. And look what Jesus says in chapter 14, starting in verse 1. He says to them, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know, the apostles needed a lot of comforting at this time in their lives. They needed a lot of reassurance, but I want you to notice what Jesus says. He says that he's gonna go to his father's house. And where is his father's house? His father's house is in that third heaven. It's in heaven. It's in the heaven we think about. It's in that, it's in that ultimate place where God dwells, where his throne is, where his house resides. And Jesus you know, tells him that's where he is going to go. And what's encouraging for you and, and I here, for you and me, is that we know this was communicated to the apostles, but we know now that this was not only for the apostles, but it's for us today who are faithful to God. That God is preparing a place for each one of us to know that, to know that idea, that, to know that Jesus has prepared something for us in the future is super comforting and affirming, knowing that there's, there's much better life when we leave this world. And in Jesus's mind, heaven is not some imaginary place. It's not some emotion. It's not some feeling. It's not merely a thought or, yeah, a good feeling inside. But, but heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. That's what heaven is like. It's a place that's been prepared for a prepared people. And our responsibility here on earth is to make sure that we're prepared to go, that we're prepared to arrive, that the place that Jesus has prepared for us, we are responsible enough to make sure we're prepared in order to be able to go to that heavenly dwelling one day. And Jesus said, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. It's a literal place. It absolutely exists. Have any of us seen it? No, none of us have seen it. Now, if you ask me, Anthony, where is heaven? I can't exactly tell you where it is. But the fact that Jesus says that it's a place, it's not imaginary, but it's real. The fact that he believes and is communicating to his disciples that it's real, that's good enough for me to believe in. And it should be good enough for you. Those of faith, those who believe. Now, why, why would it be important for you and, and myself to want to go there? And I think that's a great question. I think it's because everything that's important to anyone who's a follower of God, everything that's important for someone who loves God and wants to be with him is going to be 
there in heaven. It's gonna be there. Everything that's meaningful for you and for me, for those who have faith in Jesus Christ, everything that's meaningful is going to be there. I mean, everything is gonna be there in heaven. And I wanna, I wanna remind us of a few things that's gonna be there in heaven to help motivate us, to help us to think about heaven, to help us be better prepared, to help inspire us. Because I want us to think about heaven more. I want us to think about the end game. I want us to think about the long-term horizon vision for all of our lives so that we don't get caught up in civilian affairs here on earth. And so we don't get tripped up uh, of, of hurting others or being hurt by others or we, we, just, we just don't get consumed on the minor things so that God can help us understand the bigger picture for our lives and we can go to that end game. But first of all, let me tell you what's gonna be in heaven. Number one, your Redeemer is gonna be in heaven. And your Redeemer and my Redeemer, that's Jesus Christ. He's gonna be in heaven. Hebrews 9 verse 24 says, for God did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Jesus is in heaven. You know, I, I have a feeling when we get to heaven, and we get to see the, the streets of gold and we get to see the, the gates of pearl, and all the other things that God gives us the imagery of what's gonna be there in heaven. I, I just think when we see Jesus himself and we get to meet him, I think everything else is just gonna be in pale in comparison and insignificant to us fellowshipping with Jesus because we finally get to see him. I mean, we finally get to fellowship with him. We finally get to hold him, hug him, touch him, communicate with him, be with him. We finally get to see perhaps the nail marks or the, the crown of thorns or the spear mark that was on his side. We finally get to understand just how much Jesus has done for you and for me and the penalty that he took upon because of our sins. We finally get to understand all that he's done for the entire uh, mankind and the race of human beings. And we can finally tell Jesus Christ, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for sacrificing your life for me. Thank you for giving me blessings I didn't deserve while on earth. We, we will have the rest of eternity to worship God and to fellowship with Jesus Christ. That's why we should want to go there is because he is there. And I believe when we see him, everything else is going to be insignificant. When we really think about it, guys, just think about being with Jesus forever. It's a great thought. And that's where God wants us to be. That's where he wants us to go. I think there's another reason why we should wanna go there. And that's because our relationships in the Lord will be there. 
I mean, think about it. We'll see some of the great Bible characters and the, the great Bible heroes. We'll see Abraham. We'll get a chance to talk with him a little bit about all that he did and experienced, the father of our faith. We'll get to see Moses and talk to him about witnessing the parting of the Red Sea and withstanding and persevering through all those plagues. We'll get a chance to talk with King David and talk about the trials and the challenges that he went through, but the fact that he was a man after God's own heart. We'll get to a chance to talk to some of those great prophets like Elijah and Jeremiah. We'll get to meet some of the, the great women of faith like Sarah or Deborah or Ruth or Esther or Mary. We'll get a chance to fellowship with the apostles. who died for the cause, and in many ways inspired all of us now to believe and to dream about our world. If you've had loved ones who've died as followers and as Christians, then they're in heaven. I think about some of our friends from the Oahu Church of Christ. We'll see Auntie Yo-Yo, we'll see uh, Leone Oliveira, we'll see Jerry Gordon. We'll see Art Wong, we'll see Opa, we'll see Leonard Tom, we'll see Joyce Terrell, we'll see Uncle Thomas Tagawa. Janet Horn. Fred Oshiro. And I'll get to see my dad. I think this is another reason why we should want to go. It's because we'll see our loved ones who are in the Lord there. And, I, you know, I, I think as we get older, I think what's going to start happening is that we'll start having more friends in heaven than here on earth. Unless you really get it, just keep making friends. But it's a strange thing. As we age, we are going to see and witness more funerals of our friends, uh, people we know who've gone to be with God. Thirdly, why should we want to go to heaven? It's because our residence is in heaven. Our residence is there. In Philippians 3, the, the Apostle Paul describes that Many people are enemies of the cross of Christ and will face destruction because their mind is on earthly things. That's a warning to you and to me, not to be that way. But then Paul says something in verse 20 and 21, and he says this. He says, but, in opposition to what I just described, but our citizenship, 
those who are followers of Jesus Christ, our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. I mean, did you catch that? Paul is saying our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior who is from there and that's our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about where we physically reside. That's not what the scriptures are talking about. I'm talking about our spiritual citizenship. Now, many of you who are watching right now, yes, you, you may be a U.S. citizen. Uh, you might have been born in America. You might have been naturalized. Uh, you, you may be a resident uh, here in, in the U.S. But ultimately, as spiritual children of God, the Bible says that our residence is in heaven. That's where our residence really lies. And if you're a disciple of Christ, then that means you're an ambassador. You're representing God. Uh, you have a resident visa down here on earth while God has you living. Uh, you are on a borrowed visa. And God wants and calls us to represent Jesus Christ and to represent our heavenly country the best that we can. That's exactly what God wants us to do. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And we know that song. Our citizenship is in heaven. You know, this last Monday, I was visiting my mom who lives in Eva Beach. She, she'll be 88 years old uh, this upcoming January. And she's been a disciple for over 30 years now. And we spoke about her future and I really just revisited some of the plans of how to take care of her when she's not able to uh, live on her own, you know, in her upstairs home. And we talked about, you know, some of the different options. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful to have a kind of relationship with my mom where it's better to be prepared rather than to have to react to a crisis. But just to be able to talk about these types of plans and these options. Now, I'm thankfully, my mom has, has all her affairs in order. And, um, you know, she's ready to go. She's ready to, uh, to be with God. And my mom talks about it a whole lot more when we're together at our family times and she says every once in a while, she's ready to go meet God. And we keep convincing her, not now, mom, not now. Uh, God still has you here on earth. Uh, but don't leave us now, mom. But what inspires me about my mom is that she is showing me how to still be a disciple at her age. It is, it's amazing. Uh, for her being widowed now for six years, it's, it can be incredibly lonely. Uh, you know, after being married to my dad for 55 years, uh, my mom continues to love God. She continues to just love her Bible. She continues to love the family. She even continues to reach out to uh, women. 
I mean, she's, she's actually driving to Bible studies, studying with other women, helping them to become Christians. Uh, she's calling other women and encouraging them and their faith to stay faithful and to persevere. This is how to be. This is how I wanna be if God lets me live to 88 years old. She's showing me that. But the thing that inspires me about my mom is that I really believe she already knows that her citizenship is in heaven. And that she is, you know, like in sports, you gotta leave it all on the field. Leave everything you got. Don't, don't, don't regret anything. Just leave everything on the field. And that's what she's doing. She's leaving everything on the field. And she's awaiting to go and have her citizenship in heaven. She's living on earth as if she's already living in heaven. And we need to remember that, brothers and sisters. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. And lastly, why should you and I want to go to heaven? It's because your reservation is in heaven. Your reservation is in heaven. And one of the last chapters in the Bible, Revelation chapter 21, it describes the image of what heaven will be like for us. And the Bible talks about how God is gonna wipe away every tear from our eyes. There won't be any more crying. There won't be any more pain. There won't be mourning or death. There's no more sin. There's no more shame. It's just pure God. And in Revelation chapter 21, in verse 26, the Bible reads, the glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. The Bible says that in heaven, there is a book. It's called the Lamb's book of life. And the names of all who will be in heaven one day are recorded in that book. You know, even Jesus said to his disciples on one occasion in Luke chapter 10, when they returned from spreading the good news. He said in Luke chapter 10, verse 20, he said, however, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I wanna ask some sobering questions for all of us, for each of us, knowing what we know a little bit more and being reminded of these passages when it comes to heaven. But here are some of my questions. Is your name written in heaven? Do you have a reservation in heaven? Have you truly given over your life to following Jesus Christ during this lifetime? If you haven't, or you know, if you've left the God, if you've left God, if you've gone back into the world, if you just stopped coming to church, if you've stopped being committed to just following God, then there needs to be a little bit of uncomfortability for you. 
because one day, each one of us, one day, each of us are gonna stand before God and he's gonna determine whether we're gonna get into heaven or not. He's gonna be the one who'll determine whether we get into heaven or not. And if, and if we can't say with authority that, that God, my name is in the book, I have a reservation, Lord. I, I trusted Jesus. I made him my Lord and Savior. God, I, I repented of my sins. I, I got baptized for the forgiveness of my sins. I received the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. You allowed me to start over and be born again. And I've left my old life and I've lived my new life in Jesus Christ. Yes, God, I've stumbled. Yes, God, I have fallen. Yes, God, I have, I, have, I have doubted at times, but your strength has actually lifted me back up and I've, I'm, I'm, I've done all that you've told me to do. And if you and I don't have that power or strength or confidence that we've done the will of God his way, then we're never going to enter heaven. We're never gonna enter it. Remember the passage that we read uh, earlier from John chapter 14? Jesus said he was going to prepare a place for his followers. Well, if you go back to that passage afterwards, one of the apostles, Thomas, said to Jesus, hey, Lord, we don't even know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus replied to Thomas and really to the rest of the apostles at that point in verse six, and he gave them, he gave them crystal clear clarity of knowing the way. And Jesus simply said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is only one way that you and I can get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. You can't get to heaven through any other religious leader that exists. It's not about religion. It's not about playing church. It's not about even church. It's about a person. It's about a relationship that we need to have with this person, Jesus Christ, who is the only way to get to the Father if we're ever gonna get to heaven. He is the only way. And if you've never put your life into Christ, if you've never given your life over to him and obeyed his will, then you are jeopardizing the fact that your name may not be written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, if, 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 if you and I die today and seek entrance into heaven and we're not we're not doing what God had wanted us to do. We're not followers of his. We're not dedicated to living our lives for him. Then we're gonna be denied heaven. And that's a sobering thought. 
It's not because you're good or you're bad or you're different. It may be for any one of these reasons. Maybe you just didn't take God seriously enough in your life. Maybe you procrastinated like one of those foolish virgins that didn't bring enough oil. Maybe you've settled for sins instead of righteousness. Or maybe, maybe you've just tried to live this earthly life on your own and not let God, not let Jesus reserve a spot for you. Maybe that's what it's been. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Those aren't my words. That's the word of God. And if you and I wanna go to the Father's house, the only way to get there is through Jesus. And guys, this takes a decision. It requires a, a decision from you and me. It requires you caring more about your salvation than anyone else cares about it. You should be more concerned about you getting yourself to heaven than anyone else. And the only way that you're able to do that is to go back to the word of God and obey the will of God. Do it on his terms, not on your terms. I wanna show a picture here of our latest sister in the Lord, Christiana Ibarra. A week ago Saturday, she was baptized at sunrise. And this is after years of uh, raising her by Rob and Hillel, uh, months and months of studying the Bible with other sisters, supporting and helping. But Christiana being able to make that decision for her own. And how impressive and inspirational it is to see a, a high school student a young, a young woman, make that decision for the Lord. Uh, congrats to Christiana and the Ibarra Ohana. As we wind down, here's the good news. I wanna end with some good news, guys. Here's the good news. Reservations for the Lamb's Book of Life are still being accepted. They're still being accepted. As long as you're alive, that means you've got a chance. You've got an opportunity to get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But it's going to require action. It's going to require a responsibility for each one of us. There's a song that we sing, if I don't get to heaven, it'll be nobody, 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 nobody's fault but mine. And there's a lot of truth to that lyric. God has done so much for us and he's now given us a responsibility to choose, to choose the destiny, to choose the path in which we wanna go. So what's your next step? What's your next step? Maybe you need to decide this is what you want. And I don't know where you are spiritually. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you've lost sight of heaven and you're, you're getting just caught up in the things of this world and you need to get your, your eyes lifted, up to the, lifted above and you need to remember the end game. You need to, you need to remember the, the final goal of where you want to go and keep your eyes fixated on that goal. Maybe you need to renew your zeal 
for God. Maybe, maybe you've learned something a little bit more about heaven today and you appreciate where God resides and where Jesus is and where he wants us to be. Be inspired by what God is calling you to do. Or maybe you realize, I need to become a Christian. I need to study the Bible. And that's the next step that you might, might need to do. Reach out to us. Send us an email. Give us a call. Call your friends who invited you to church. Have them study the scriptures with you to show you God's plan of how to get into heaven. But study the scriptures and understand who you're committing to. Trust and obey. Build that trusting relationship with God. Repent. You gotta repent of your sins. You gotta change. There has to be a transformation that occurs in your life. Be baptized to leave your old life and live a brand new do-over life spiritually. Stay faithful to him. As long as you stay faithful to God, you're gonna have God and others supporting you all around. And so today, I hope you're inspired to pursue heaven as we've talked about it today. I hope you're inspired to be where God is. Ultimately, that's where the followers of Jesus Christ are going to dwell. Let's end up, let's all end up where God resides, and that's heaven itself. God bless.